This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, Georgie, check for Dadsy. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. (whistles) Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery free in terms supply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. I'm saying to my mates and my dad, phone my phone, key this number in. That's an England manager wanting to sign your son, Dad. Leicester City have a penalty kick in the sixth minute of injury time. Injury time, injury time. Knockout takes, Almunia saves, knockout follows in, Almunia saves again. And now Wapner on the counter-attack. Forestieri. Oh, I don't believe this. Here's Hulk. Dini. I do not believe what I've just seen. Trondini has scored from a Leicester penalty that was saved by Almunia. You're listening to the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes podcast. Our guest today, Alan Smart. Hello, Alan. How are you? I'm fine, Justin. Thank you. Nice to be here. Marvellous. And it's lovely uh, of you to join us. Uh, where are you these days? Anywhere nice? I'm living over at Newbury. I'm on the race course over here. So um, during lockdown, we've, we've still managed to catch a few uh, races and lose a few quid uh, <laughs> with a bookmaker. Nice. Yeah, you like a race, then you're a bit of a bit of a punter. Not really useless at it, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, but some would say I'm better at that than I was playing football. So, well, there you go. Well, I'm uh, not looking at your career. You no, certainly... not, I'm not, not the best at it. Shut my eyes. Had a couple of good days, but through absolute luck rather than any type of skill. We'll have a quick look through your career, if that's okay. Um, so you started off at Caledonian in the early nineties. So football was this something that you did at school and knew you were good at and and thought oh I might be well, able to do that or? I I actually started at St Johnston I was a schoolboy uh, at 13 at St Johnston and went on the on the books there I'm not sure if they signed me and put the the form in the drawer as it was back in the day and I think it was on 5 pound a week uh, which I thought was enormous money <laughs> Uh, with my paper round as well, so I was, uh, you know, I was very affluent in in those days. Hmm. Uh, so yeah, I started there. That was my, my hometown team. They only signed two or three lads every year, so felt very fortunate that I was given the opportunity and got great coaching at, at that time in my life. Hmm. Uh, then went to Brecon City. I was an apprentice at St Johnson, and then went to Cali when I was about nineteen. So the footprint probably starts there because it's first team football. So the, the other stuff. 
probably doesn't. But I was with Alex Totten at St Johnston. They were promoted from the fourth division, third right through into the Premier League. They took YTSs for the first time, so I was one of the first YTSs to go into the club. Uh, great time to be at that football club, to be honest. Great, great pros. Loved it. Lo- loved the, the upbringing. Had a terrible year. Had a, an Achilles tendon operation, but absolutely loved being about the pros. Right. As it was in the day, you were looking after your pros, and I loved cleaning the boots, looking after them. I had uh, Sergei Baltacha, Russian international, who played at Dynamo Kiev, played in the World Cups. So as a 15, 16-year-old uh, YTS, it was just magnificent. The captain, and I had the goalkeeper they signed from Rangers, so I had three real big personalities in different ways, so I, I loved that. Going on to Inverness after that, and that's how I got to move to Inverness, because Sergei was a manager. Right. So I must have done something right when I was cleaning these boots. So you'd have been about 20 at this time then? Yeah, I think it was 1920 and had been playing locally when we were at St. John's. We got farmed out to some of the local junior clubs, which would be like the non-league setup mm. uh, down mm. here. So from sort of 16-year-old, I was playing men's football, if you like, getting kicked all over the place, getting told how useless I was and getting smashed. People just taking liberties, but it actually helps you. Dare I say, I thought I was better than everybody on the pitch in my mind and was useless and moaned about the ball not being played and all these things. And then actually the second year, I started to get stronger and get more developed and actually become probably more a team player. I was asked to go into a couple of the professional clubs from from that point, about 18, 19. And Inverness Cali was a great move because it wasn't a club that was fashionable, if you like. It was well supported uh, for, for that for that league, the Highland League. It would have, you know, on a derby day against Ross County, it'd be three and a half, four thousand. So for, for Scottish football, that's a good crowd outside the league. We had a decent home support. The money was decent as well. I was working at General Accident as a, a motor and... Uh, home underwriter for North London accounts, funny enough. So you were actually doing a, working for General Accident at the General same time? General Accident, yeah. yeah. Blimey. Um, you know, it was cheaper for the jocks to do the, the work, the new lads in the south. Right. And we did the whole office, beautiful brand new office that I worked in, and and we had four, four double floor offices that dealt with North, South, East and Central London. It was, uh, it was a massive mm. operation. So, uh, yeah, I did that for a couple of years. Quite enjoyed it, to be honest. The only downside was that I heard, I had an interview with someone recently and we were talking about the hard yards and Dundee to Inverness, if anybody's done it and up the A9, that's about 120 miles. So doing that after work to get to train and Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday for matches and then everything was further north in Inverness for the matches away from home. Wow. Uh, so getting back about 12, 1 o'clock in the morning, back into the office the following day. And then I trained, I trained the Monday, Wednesday with my dad's team, who was in the non-league. So I basically trained four nights a week after work and commuted. So, I mean, I must have been, my car needed a nice pack, never mind me. Yeah. It was absolutely smashed. But these long journeys were, were well rewarded. And I used to travel with Sergey as well, which was for a 16-year-old lad to speak about. I, I was in awe of him anyway, but I could have sat to the moon and back listening to his stories about the Maracana playing against Brazil in the 82 World Cup. Mm. I could go through everything. Mm. Van Basten hits the volley. He turns his back on the volley. When Van Basten scores in the Euro, Euro Championships in the final, Sergei's on the pitch. The military teams that were Dynamo Kiev, he won the UEFA Cup. I could I could go on about his career more than mine. I, I loved that. <laughs> 
I loved it. And, you know, his wife was a pentathlete. Obviously, his daughter was Elena, the tennis player who sadly died a few years ago, and his son years ago, yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah so fantastic upbringing. You know, to sit in the car with him from Perth the, the two or three times a week that we would do it. And then, you know, sometimes I had to travel on my own because I was coming straight from the office. So it was uh, wow. good times. Wow. But I never actually saw the, the travel as an issue. It's one of them that it, it was the opportunity. It, it was at the right level. It was pitched at the right level. At 19-year-old, I went into that Highland League. I think it scored 15, 16 goals in my first season. The influence behind the scenes, what going on, uh, I got absolutely bombarded with fans. The, the negativity I got because the club was amalgamating. During the closed season, I just signed for the club. Inverness Thistle and Inverness Cali were going to form this new club. Right. Come Caledonian Thistle. Right. We were in the Highland League. Obviously, we went for application to go in. I'm, I'm 19 year old. I'm not really interested in what's going on in Inverness. I have no interest in the clubs with the greatest respect. I'm 19 and I'm mm. thinking of maybe two things, where I'm going out and who I'm going out with. It's generally where it's at. My football was just something I enjoyed. Once you're outside the top flight, you're not you're part-time football player in Scotland. So it was just one of them, but you play and enjoy it and, and whatever else. Anyway, Turkey yeah. released a statement to say, oh, new signing, Alan Smart and XYZ are all behind the, the merger. So we played a pre-season game. I'd literally arrived at a club. We had the social club in town and mm-hmm. someone went, you want to shut your fucking mouth? And I hadn't a clue speaking to me. And I'm standing with my best mate who played for the other Inverness team. So we'd met in our social club. For, yeah. He said, you speaking to him? And, I said, and I'm saying, he said, he's speaking to you. Here we <laughs> go. Yeah. Hey, you want to shut your fucking mouth? And he starts getting all shy. I don't know what you're on about, mate. So all the older lads, Charlie, Chris, his son Ryan's and it's got Charlie Christie Alan Hitler, all the older boys do one but anyway it spread like well for fire so ultimately that season he's white he's blue he hasn't got a clue it's Alan Smart that was my song I scored in the cup final for them the last time they ever won a cup as Inverness Cali got booed I got booed in the semi-final scored scored a lovely volley to get us into the final 1-0 we won booed I got booed all over the place it was an unbelievable upbringing it was in tears so travelling Unbelievable. So when I hear people booing, bullying people uh, in a, in an audience or a crowd, that still that still hurts me. Yeah. But what a what an upbringing. Mm. Because it, again, it doesn't have test yet. It, it was my first ever sort of appearances, and actually, at eighteen, nineteen, I scored way more goals for them. If I was relaxed, I was like on a knife edge, and it got to the stage where I score the volley in the semi final. It's a lovely left foot volley, hits it first time, and it flies in, and I give it that. To the fans, fuck off. And that's, that's, that's just wrong. We get to the final, have a terrible game. It's live on the regional TV channel in the north, STV, and a score we win 1 0. One of the ex players played for Rangers and he's on co commentary and he's saying the abuse that Alan's getting is absolutely diabolical. Some of these people should be ashamed of themselves. And for that to go out, and even though it was just my region, the, the mm. north of Scotland, my mum, my dad, all that, it, 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 that was a bit, I wasn't loving it. I've got to say, I wasn't loving it. Did this then expedite your move to Preston? Yeah, when we went into the league, I think, look, it had a good season, even although, but politically, it was a nightmare for Sergei. Politically, it was a nightmare because I was getting absolutely abused. Anyway, this same particular fan, the amalgamation, they put a place on the board for that particular fan. So he got access and he was on the board because they wanted to keep everybody sweet. Oh dear. And the following season, it kicked off in the team bus. So, yeah, there was a, there was a few things. I, I hadn't played much. It was in and out, on the bench when we were in the league. And we had a behind-closed-doors game against Celtic. And I scored. We won 1-0. 
and and played really well against Celtic. And Frank Connor was with Tommy Bonds, and he spoke really well of me after the game. A lot of interest in the papers. I never going to Celtic. Fucking hell. What do you need an extra kit, man? It was nice though. It was it was actually well received because I, I genuinely needed it. I needed somebody speaking well about me in the sport. And uh off the back of that, then Preston had shown a bit of interest. And fortunately, the move came off the back of warming the goalkeeper up originally. Uh, for Inverness Cali, the scout had seen me and said, Listen, you've got decent feet, technically decent. So we kept our eye on you from there. I was warming the goalkeeper up. So got taken down for a week, mm. met John Beck in Perth. I'm going to bore you with a couple of stories. I really am, but the, the good stories. I got in the car. The, the lower league in Scotland has a, a, I can't remember what they call it, but it is a cup. It is like a Johnston's Paint thing in Scotland, the kind of centenary cup. They've gone to watch a lad playing for Bundy. And, I did, and it was at Perth at St. Johnston's Ground, so I just met them. I got in the car with them after that game, and I knew who they were watching. He's a decent player, to be fair. And John Beck looked in the rearview mirror, and he said, any goals you scored? I said, 10. He said, fucking hell, that's decent. I said, yeah, it's, it's been okay. I scored no fucking goals. I scored one goal in Celtic. <laughs> and I thought, if I'd say the wrong thing here, he's just going to, he's having trialists coming and going for fun. He's just going to, he's going to shut the door on me before he even sees me. So I just lied to him. So you winged it, you winged it. I winged it in the car, yeah. And it was a three-hour drive. And I thought, if he presses me on this, yeah. now it's one of two things. He either knows or he doesn't. And if he knows, he might think, oh, well, he's a bit ballsy. Let's see. Or whatever. So I thought, well, I just want to be backed on what I can do rather than what I've yeah. not done at my last club for, for various reasons. So it went well. <laughs> it, it went well. It really did. I played in the game against Grimsby uh, in the Resies on the, the Monday night. Game went well. The scout said to me, listen, he was he was loving you. He wanted to sign you, blah, blah, blah. So again, I needed it. I really needed that help and support and the, and the positive comments yeah. uh, because I've had that much negativity, even though I was only young. I was 20 year old when I went to Preston. Uh, and just sort of signing and things like that and going through the process of going into a dressing room with fantastic names in that dressing room with fantastic pros. So uh, it was a bit of an eye-opener. Wasn't sure how it was going to be. Got the deal done fairly sharp on money and stuff like that. Sergi was great. Sergi said to Preston, I want the player to make money on the move. So we will not have the fee. I think 15 grand they wanted, but he wanted me to get money on the deal. So couldn't have helped me anymore. And played against Newcastle in the stiffs, Kevin Keegan's Newcastle. And I think it was 5,000 at the game. And I was like, no, I don't play play in front of that kind of crowd. And a first Preston in the Resies, John Beck had all the school kids coming along. He had the band. So he created a great atmosphere for, for the lads and again managed mm-hmm. to score in that game with 1 1 0. And I signed the following day. So I went straight into the first team. And he gets sacked the following week. <laughs> You got fucking signed. I think I, uh, I think the signing of me just uh, I put the final nail in his coffin. <laughs> I think the, chair, the chairman must have said, "For Christ's sake, John, I've seen it all now. That's you. You've done some." <laughs> but yeah, Becky, I played at Chesterfield debut in England. He was sacked on the Monday. What can you That's say to that? <laughs> but there you go. I, I wasn't. I wasn't even in. The, I wasn't even in the job a week, and my gaffers get sacked. Yeah. And David, yeah. David Moyes and if, Gary Peters. If you don't mind me saying, you haven't actually had the best of sort of starts to your career, have you? You've been like shat on from a great height from fans, and then yeah, and, and just to add insult to injury, when I was at St Johnston, I had a, an Achilles tendon operation. I'm at a hospital and. Physio come in to see me at the house, my mum and dad's house, the day I come out of hospital. Said, Look, the gaffer wants to see you in the morning, just have a chat about the season, and he released me. <laughs> the day after I come out of hospital, I think it's 16. If it's bounce back ability. Yeah, you've got it, 
mate. Well, you've got, you've got, you've got to have a bit of resilience. It's more of that. It's, it's more of that than than anything else. So. It makes me wonder though, like we spoke to players before, and you, and every every player's got a story of some description. But you kind of look back at that and you think, Jesus Christ, I would, I would fuck that off. I'd be like, oh, I would go and be a bricklayer. At least I get <laughs> yeah. cheered when I when I put a wall up straight. Or yeah, maybe, maybe a few of the fans would appreciate it if it had done that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the famous sloping pitch podcast we're following the greatest show on earth but would you like pitch side seats for all the action in qatar the heat the goals the drama well so would we but why not join me nick hancock in stoke-on-trent and co-host chris england in london's sw16 every game live from england the famous sloping pitch podcast we think this tournament could be okay sport social <laughs> no, I um it's one of them, isn't it? You remember when we were sort of 16, 17 and the guy come into the training centre, all the apprentices in Scotland were there, all the YTSs basically, yeah. and he had the training day for all the clubs. And I remember him saying that I think 90, 95% of you won't be pros. And I, I vividly remember thinking, oh, well, he ain't speaking to me. Right. He's speaking to the rest of you. That, yeah. was my, that was my mindset on it. As naive as that sounds. And then a year into it, I couldn't wait to be released. If I'm brutally honest, my mum was raging with a club. It should be a two-year apprenticeship. I got released after a year, the day after I come out of hospital. And I said to my mum, you know what? I don't want to go back. I've been useless and crap. It's not what, I've not enjoyed one bit of it. I was a full-time cleaner. Now, I've got no problem doing the cleaning in the, with the boots and stuff like that. But it was up in the offices, we were in the stands. But it, it, it does, at the end of the day, it, it, uh, it creates the profile, doesn't it? We've all got to do the hard miles and the hard yards. But Absolutely, yeah. On the pitch, it just wasn't happening. And I had an Achilles tendon problem for the, the majority of that season. So, so you, yeah. you, you were loaned out, so loaned out to Carlisle from there then? Is that is that what happened? Aye, yeah, when I was at Preston. I did, did, did all right at Preston. I mean, David Moyes was in the dressing room then. He was a captain. There was eight Scottish lads there uh, at the time. So it was like a home from home. It was quite... A, and the Preston fans were great. I scored my home debut. And there's a fantastic crowd there. Again, settled in so quickly, scored seven or eight goals uh, for the remainder of that season. Was getting touted for a few moves, settled in really well. And then things change. You know, it's just what happens at the, you know, at the end of the season. We get promoted the second season, but in between, I go on loan to Kaleo. Kaleo agree a fee of, a, I think, 100 grand. They don't want to pay me. So I'm making no money on the deal. And I said to the manager, I'm not going. I'm going to Kaleo. I'm not going if I'm not receiving any, any money for it. I'm not going there for the same money it's not happening Gary Bennett big centre back he played at Sunderland and Owen Archdeacon we're all in the hotel together Gaffer phones me from Preston and he said listen you've had a great loan spell they want to sign you 100 grand I said that's good I said it's not How looking much? too good <laughs> I said it's not it's not looking too good on the financials for me so I'm only 20 at the time and I'm a bit ballsy to be fair when I think about it <laughs> and I, but I'm glad I am mm. but, you know on reflection so he said Did you have well, an agent? no 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 you just do this all off your own. No, just, just speaking. So we're in the hotel and I'm saying, no, I'm in Gaffer. So he phones me back and he says, right, I spoke to my chairman. This is how it fucking really is. You're never going to play at Preston again. I went, that's fine. Wow. Do what you've got to do. I said, I'm not moving to Carlisle if that's what you think is going to make me move. It's not happening. I said, but you can give me money to go if you want to do that. You fucking any stats. You fucking what? I said, it's not happening. Bye. Hung up. Cocky as fuck. And he phoned again. So I've got, by this time, I've got the lads around the phone and he's going, you fucking wanker. Who the fuck do you think you are? You fucking this, you fucking that. I'll fucking murder you when you come back. Da-da-da-da. The phone's like, and the lads are going, 
well, you can't go back to the clock. He's taking off his head. Then. Yeah, it's not going to happen, is it? Yeah. I said, I'll see you. Bye. And I just hung up on him. He phoned the fourth time. By this time, Reeves, he answered the phone. He goes, all right, go. It's David Reeves, Captain of Kalil. Listen, we've got a game tomorrow. Uh, I was playing. He's gone to bed. Get the fuck out of He's my player. You fucking idiot. He's, he's gone. I just said to him, I said, look, Gaffer, it isn't happening. It's not happening. Doesn't matter what you say, what you threaten, it's not happening. So I uh, I went ba- I went back and I get I get the shout for the secretary. Gaffer wants to see you at the training ground, and he ran the ass off me. And we had a one to one. I thought, oh god. And he's handy. The gaffer was quite handy. I'm thinking <laughs> oh, this could get messy because he'd had it with me earlier in the season. I get called up with the Scotland under 21s. Things were rosy in the garden. Things were going. Everything that was hitting was flying in. And uh, managers, I don't know, they just they turned. He he turned. He absolutely turned on me. Called me a traitor in front of the lads you fucking this you're a fucking traitor da, da, da. and he went absolutely nuts 20, 20 year old and he's calling me a fucking traitor because I didn't square the ball to one of the, the lads fucking run you and I said alright put my shin pads off chopped them I said let's fucking go then. <laughs> he goes you fucking what and he come for me so Moisey's up the goalie's up they're fucking getting pulled and I'm going you're a fucking donut I said I'm off to run I got pulled in on the Sunday he said, I'm going to bury you in the club. Take your international call-up off you, which he did. I'll phone the SFA, da-da-da. And he just, he was a shithouse, actually, in the end, as a man. He was an absolute shithouse. Um, so he cancelled your under-21 appearance? Yes. Yeah, and I think, obviously, I think, I remember, I walked into the players' lounge, Moisey's like, oh, congratulate Smarty, he's been called up with the 21, so he knew what I was going into the gaffer for, so all the lads, well done, Smarty, well, thank you, lads. <laughs> Thanks for that, you're kind of a bit awkward. Mm. Thank you. And within, I don't know, two, three weeks, he just said, I don't know what's fucking got into you, you're getting fucking big time, and that's, that's one thing I wasn't, I'm, I'm not not big time, fucking hell, if people booing at me, call me all sorts, and you know what, if I was enjoying it, that's all it was, I was enjoying it, I'd had a shower on top of me, I actually had a group of fans that I would go as far as to say at the time really, really liked me. Mm. And I settled in and scored a few goals. It was nice. Everything was nice. And then he put two and two together and come up with five. Mm. My ex-wife at the time was a student. I think he thought we were living the student life. She actually was doing a fucking degree in religious studies. She's a teacher and she had a degree in religious studies. It wasn't like we were smoke, smoking fucking pot and giving it the big end. No. Complete yeah, opposite. Yeah, yeah. My football, my football, first and foremost, has always ruled my life. And that, that's that's where it was at. So the priority was always the game and the sport and then anything else just fitted in around it. He reduced me to tears as well. So privately, he said, what's your dad been saying? What's your family been saying? And that's when I flipped the lid. I went, hold on a minute, you're my manager. What the fuck are you talking about my family for? I said, yeah, it's yeah, outrageous. Yeah. It's wrong. It's wrong. Yeah. So I, I fronted them up privately on that. Uh, but he, 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 he took the call up off me. Or yeah. that's what he told me that happened. And I ended up, I didn't go to Russia for the under-21 tournament. So that was another bit of a, you know, another, uh, if you like, another reality check about what football is and what football isn't. Bloody hell. Well, so there's a few, there's a few stories <laughs> of, yeah. yeah, well, I think, you know, parents and, uh, and young players, they probably have a reference point and they have people to go to these days. Not necessarily the case. And, and, and Gary, Gary Peters wasn't just me. He was, he was the same with a lot of people. When he turned on you, he was uh, on a pretty sight. When he's pushing 70, I'll be a bit younger than him and if will be one of us embarrassed by our actions. And if he's not embarrassed by his actions, he's even more a buffoon than, a, than I think. But he's, he is like that. He, he's got a lot of front. But we didn't, we didn't see eye to eye. 
on that. He then put me back in the team. I remember scoring from we win one nil, and I was just disgusted with myself. And there's a photograph where I'm just going, you know, which is normally the way you celebrate. I, 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 had no, yeah. I had absolutely no time for him because of the way he was communicating with me, the way he was bullying me off the back of nothing. So you were hoping he would get the sack. Yeah, but he put a good team together. And it, and that's the one thing Moisey and him put a fantastic team together. Got Steve Harrison on board, and they put a good, really good team in it. And, and and to be honest, the second season they had boys that were scoring goals. Uh, Andy Savile, I think, broke the the record. or scored thirty odd goals. The other lads scored twenty something goals. And thinking, I'm not knocking on the door there. The, the lads are doing the business, so yeah, it's yeah. what it is. You've got to just eat humble pie and as a bit of professional respect. And Andy Savile was magnificent again for a young forward to watch at the time. Very good. Good we's back to go. Did a lot of work with, with Moisey and uh, uh, what's his name in the in the afternoons. Learning curve. Kalel came uh, back in for me when I was at Northampton. Out in Northampton on loan and Kalel came in for me. And player swap, funny enough, I think David Reeves come to Kalel and, uh, from, uh, to Preston and I, I went the other way. He knew what Gary was like and he ended up with that. But Preston put a good team together and that's one club that I'd love to have stayed at. You know, it's, when you go into Preston, you know you're at a proper football club when you see Shankly. Yeah. And, and all the people and all the names that have gone through that club it's, it's a history. proud club to be part of and to you know have your photographs with some uh, just absolute football legends fantastic club Tom Finney yeah. you know it's, yeah, yeah. it's a great club to be at for just a, just a shame that I didn't see eye to eye with a manager well no he didn't he didn't fancy me that's just the, and that's just the way it goes really normally there's logic when you're 20 year old and you're scoring goals and people are wanting to sign you I'm not really too sure what the fucking logic is to make sure the kid's never going to play again <laughs> No, I'm not sure there is any logic uh, no. to it. No, it just, crazy no. gang, crazy gang for a reason. He'd headbutt the wall, he'd punch things, he'd throw fucking the gym around. Brilliant, well played, gal. <laughs> Superb. Pop the fucking channel and run. Decent. <laughs> not really too, not really too sure. You know, and there's a place for that, and I and I get it. Yeah, there's got to be a place, you know, for it, but not all the time. Like you say, not not like that. Not to belittle someone over and you're doing your job at the end of the day scoring goals doing what you can you're trying that's, yeah, that's, that's ultimately yeah, it that's, that, amazing, yeah. that, that's it you, you, you're trying and actually there's uh, you know that's all you're trying to do you're trying to create a living for yourself you're trying to pay your bills that's what it's at it's not it's not big time football by any stretch of the imagination it was a few hundred yeah. quid a week a few hundred quid appearance money and that's mm. that's where it was at just to look at it then so you're at Carlisle signed for Carlisle did quite well now me and Justin got this this ask about tip because I was under the impression when uh you came to Watford, you and Nicky Wright came at the same time, but it was actually a bit of a gap there. But just take us through, if you can, how the Watford interest came about and, and how you ended basically signing for us. The gaffer told me afterwards that he'd seen me on Sky. I'd get an MOM on Sky for Kalil on the, the year we get we got promoted and we won the auto windscreens. I think we were the first team to do that. We had a lot of good young players in that team to be fair. Um that went on to the Premier League and and uh and whatnot, and Rory Delap in that team. Lasher was there, yeah. Delap, yeah. yeah Matt Janssen was in that team. Steve Hayward, the captain, Fulham. There's, there's a lot of players. Paul Murray come down to QPR. Were in the Premier League. There, there was loads. There was about nine or ten of us. Paul Bull team went to Derby. Were, were, were Rory Delap. There, there was a lot of pros went from mm-hmm. there. We were all sort of around about the same age, nineteen twenty. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mervyn Day was in charge. Great man, absolutely fantastic man. Steve Harrison was a great guy as well, um, and helped me with a lot of different things, a lot of practices that I kept doing throughout. So as much as Moise has gone on to the level he's gone on to, behind the scenes, honestly, 
say that the team and effort he was putting into the likes of myself, Gareth Ainsworth, Kevin Colbrown, um, Paul McKenna. There's some like names. Come right through the system there. Yeah, there's some names there. Good, good upbringing uh, yeah. behind the scenes. So as much as the, the manager was what the manager was, actually, Steve Harrison, he gave me a better CV than that numpty. And that's the man. He's the football man. He's the knowledge. And I know he's helped me a few times. And I know he spoke to the gaffer. And I, I got on really well when Paul Mariner was in as well. He used to do finishing drills at Preston. So that kind of thing was great. So I'd actually got some good people batting my wicket for me. Mm. So when it comes to the Carlisle, at the end of my contract, me and Wrighty were travelling together. We were travelling up. They'd moved to Warrington, uh, him and his missus and myself. Steve and him would travel uh, I was in at Preston and we just sort of travelled together we played really well on the Tuesday night I think at Vicarage Road and, and that was going forward the Kaleo team was decent it just happened to leak too many goals all the time so Graham Taylor came into the dressing room shook all her hands after the game and just said listen and I remember the post-match he just said we've been absolutely battered there tonight and I know that uh, right he had said that his agent had spoke to the gaffer and said look he'd be available on 100 grand something like that would you be interested and I think that kind of sparked the conversation and I think my name cropped up with the chairman Graham had spoke to the chairman and he just said about me I got a phone call from Michael Knighton. Listen, do you want to go down on trial? I said 100%. And I had three or four other clubs that were, had offered me something. But this was the only, I think Swindon were in the championship at the time, or League One, Division One. So Swindon were there as well. So Swindon had, had sort of yeah, they were, yeah. positioned me yeah. Um, and a couple of other clubs. Anyway, long story short, the gaffer, I think we went, the, the room that I walked into in the Jarvis, I think it was the Jarvis somewhere. Yeah, it was the Jarvis. Uh, just up for the Hilton. That's it, yeah. There's like, like a, a suite in there. I don't know, it's like a corridor. And I went into the room and at the time I thought, you know, it's, a bit, it's not just a standard room, it's posh. <laughs> but it's like, it's the best room I've ever been in, I think. <laughs> And I was looking at him thinking, it's not adding up this. He's making an impression here in my mind. So I made sure it was suited and booted. And I knew he'd be quite traditional. So I put the old uh, put the old blazer on and the navy the, the navy blazer and the grey, you know, the grey strides. Right. Just kind of went in like no tartan, a no. did, did put a kilt on, no? No kilts, I had, no. I had a tartan tie on, funny enough. <laughs> and uh know exactly what I wore. And there was a reason why I was wearing it for him. He sat me down and he said, I don't want you to come on trial. He said, I want to sign you. Do you want a, uh, a three-year or four-year deal? Uh, yes, please. <laughs> yes, please. And, and, he, and he'd requested that my my now ex-wife, who was my fiance at the time, travel with me and come into the come into the club. He requested that she travel because she she knew he knew we were getting married that summer. Right. If only he'd have fucking talk me out of it. So he was absolutely fantastic. <laughs> he was absolutely fantastic. Well, honestly, he was brilliant. Were with Jeanette he really was and he just said look it's a big move for the two of you he actually spoke to Jeanette about everything you'll be settled here a really really attentive towards her and I went off to do my medical my ankle had been a bit stiff and the physio come back and he said look gaffer I wouldn't be doing my job if I said to you to sign on he said but the the ankle's just a bit stiff should just get a scan on it um, and just make sure it's right so I broke my ankle when I was younger and I'd also broke my ankle at Carlisle. I cracked my ankle in the Otto Winskins final. So I'd been playing on it for about six weeks with a crack in it. Oh, God. a real problem for me. So I was thinking, shit, Christ, we've talked about the money. Yeah. Changing money. Basically, give me a lottery ticket. And I'm thinking, you know, so I couldn't sleep. I was just nervous. I was like, oh, my God, my ankle's going to let me down. And the pressure was just relentless so he uh he slid a note under the door at the hotel via the reception so I come back from food shut the door bump a little note there listen i'm looking forward to the next four years they're going to be exciting don't worry about the scan be perfectly fine blah 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 and so, so, that was the witch phones me eight o'clock in the morning you didn't sleep did you i said no 
No, he went, look, put your mind at ease. I'm signing. Okay. He went to the World Cup, 98, in France. He said, look, I've got to go. Bob McKenney's at the Isle of Man TT, so it's two weeks till I get my scan. I'm thinking, oh, it's right now. <laughs> so he phones me from the World Cup. Graham Taylor here, Alan. Uh, just thought I'd give you a call. And, you know, I'm on the commentary at this game, that game. He goes off in a tangent, overplays the voice message, phones me back. <laughs> leaves another voice Carries message. on. <laughs> And this is on the BT landlines, you know, that when you had the you had the little code to listen to your messages. One five seven one. I'm saying I'm saying to my mates and my dad, phone my phone, key this number in. That's an England manager wanting to sign your son, Dad. He couldn't have made me feel like any more wanted if you'd have tried. So Podcast Network. Prize Picks is daily fantasy sports made easy. How does it work? You pick two to six players, and if they score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. Didn't get your picks in before the game started? No problem. You can get in the game for the second half. Sign up today using promo code FOOTBALL and get your first deposit instantly matched up to $100. Go to prizepicks.com or download the mobile app and enter code FOOTBALL to get your deposit match. Some restrictions do apply. See the website for details. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.